from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Well, on the podcast today, we have Chaz Servino and Tom Atiano. They are the co-founders of Today's Business, a full-service digital marketing agency with multiple offices across the country. Basically, what these guys do is they help you manage your online presence from website design, social media accounts, search engine optimization, affiliate marketing, email marketing. The Bam. list goes on and Bam. on. They really do cover it all. And I'm going to be your it. sound effects today, I like Josh. It. I like this. I don't need my YouTube soundboard then. No, you don't. I'm going to be the sound They do it all effects. through a customized digital strategy designed for you. They have a really cool backstory. They actually started out in college as football teammates and then went on to build their own company together, applying a lot of what they learned in sports to today's business. Tom and Chaz, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for having us. How you doing, guys? Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, guys, thanks for joining us. So I'm really interested to hear how you got into the entrepreneurial venture you know what made you guys want to start the business and then walk us through you know your journey i always you know like to ask you know the people we interview give us kind of the thirty thousand foot view of your life like your story how you guys got into the business what's led it up to today and then i want to dive into this topic of digital marketing affiliate marketing for the audience because i think guys take notes on this podcast because you're going to learn a lot about affiliate marketing and digital marketing but if you guys want to walk us through how you got into the business why you started it kind of take us up to today and where it's at yeah i think it's um i think there's a it's it's pretty funny story but it's a uh it's also really cool because we've kind of mended two worlds together really like from when we first started so i'll, I'll start it off but tom please yeah. come involved because we, we kind of play off each other well on, on, on telling the story and there's bits and pieces that I tell better, but the people that he tells better. <laughs> You're the good-looking uh, one in the story, and then no. You talk that cop, you know. You, you gotta play off. That's why we're partners. <laughs> um, but started off. I originally took a scholarship to um, to Syracuse University, out of high school, and and then the coach got fired there. The coach Doug Marone ended up getting fired at Syracuse. Mm. So I played every year. As a, uh, played every game as a redshirt freshman. Then the coach got fired. What and position then I ended did up you play? To Hofstra University, where Tom um, originally was a walk-on. Then he got partial scholarship. Then became a full scholarship guy. Mm. And as soon as I transferred there, um, my dad reached out to one of his good friends, which ended up being one of Tom's family friends as well. And like, hey, my, my son's transferring over to Hofstra, and he's like, all right, well. You know, Tom's there, and, and we got to introduce these guys. So um, he reached out to Tom, and Tom at the time just got on full scholarship. So he was like, Shit, what the heck is going on, man? I had I, first time I get to be there throughout the summer. I don't have anybody there. Don't have any, you know, I have to worry about anything. And and then I'm like, hey, Tom, I'm going to, and then he's like, You're, he's going to be sleeping on your floor in the summer. He's like, dude, <laughs> now I got somebody here with me. I finally got a full scholarship. And, uh, but Tom literally was like, dude, you're my guy. Like you're, you're, you're family friends with the Grogan's like, come on, like, and welcome me in literally introduced me to everyone at Hofstra. And it was like, I was part of the family. And at that time I'm a junior transferring into Hofstra university football program. 
So I'm like, oh, you know, you don't, it's, you know, I'm coming in with a freshman as well as I'm a junior. So it's a little bit different. And he just welcomed me in and everyone on the team was like, all right, you're Tom's guy. You're good with us. And, and that's kind of how we got introduced. And from there, then that next year, I see, so that that year, I ended up breaking my ribs and puncturing my lung the first game of the year, uh, out the whole season at Hofstra. And from one A to one double A, I didn't have to sit out at all, which was really nice. And take that year off, I got to play right away. But then I got hurt, and then they ended up canceling the entire football program. So prior to oh, that geez. happening, Tom was Tom was named right before they canceled the football program. Tom was named captain. So he. <laughs> from uh, from walk on to partial scholarship to full scholarship, then to name captain. Wow! The day before they canceled the football program was like crazy, and then from there he's like, "All right, well, I became captain. I'm like, I'm ready to like continue my football career." And he ended up transferring to Monmouth yeah. University, becoming an All American at Monmouth, and then playing in the NFL for a short period of time. Very short. <laughs> Very short. <laughs> says. <laughs> Very sure. But that's kind of like how we got introduced to each other. And it was just like, you know, we just became friends right off the bat. And I think it was just really cool. And um, it was really from family, friends, and relationships. And business partners. I mean, I think the, um, the Hofstra canceling the football program really, like, I think, put us in both different perspectives of life. You know, it gave me an opportunity to kind of start my football career off to a different foot where I, you know, I would say I had a, a different type of. Um, introductory to college football wasn't as pleasant as I as uh, I thought it was going to be, but I wanted to finish out my career the right way. But at the same time, I also think it led to Chaz having the opportunity to kind of enjoy college, I mean, and actually be a normal yeah. student and, and learn different components of, uh, you know, kind of, I think I, you start to see that now in the entrepreneurial assets we have now. But uh, after I transferred to Monmouth, I had that not-for-long career in the NFL, um, <laughs> You know, we really want to figure out, like, how can we shape our athlete mentality to uh, the business world? I mean, mm. without having to go work for somebody else. Uh, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, Chad's father, on top of anything, I was walking off, I'll never forget, walking off the field. We had just been Bryant University. And we, were, we were at Hofstra at the same time. We were in Rhode Island. I don't. I never met Chaz's dad prior to this moment. I walk off the field, and the first thing he goes to me, you guys are going to be business partners. No way, this that's is crazy. My junior. Yeah, he goes, you guys are going to be business partners and you're going to start an insurance company because you both know a lot of people and everybody needs insurance. <laughs> that's um, great. So I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I really wanted to sell insurance, but, you know, Chaz thought he was going to sell insurance, but he couldn't pass the test. So that's why we're really sorry. <laughs> that's why I really... That's why I really, really started today's business. But, um, but you know, it's kind of funny how everything came about. I literally got cut from the Jets. Um, and I'm on my way home and Chaz, obviously being my best friend, gave me a call and he was in the process of trying to take the insurance test. Um, and he was also trying to like console me as a friend. Long story short, we got off that phone call. We decided that we were going to start a business and, you know, we ended up coming up with the idea of today's business, not currently what we're doing right now, but you know, similar. And we just knew that we had like our opportunity to really take and shape our own destiny. You know, anything I think that came into our lives um, was always controlled by somebody else. Mm. And, you know, we gave 180% of the effort because of us being athletes that we wanted to have something that we could control our own. So we didn't realize how hard it was going to be to start your own business. Um, 
nonetheless start your own business with no money or no financing. You know, today's business was founded on 400 bucks. Nice. Um, That's still awesome. to this day, it's the first only, as the only $400 we ever put into this company. We've grown over the last eight years and built out, you know, six different sections, service offerings to our, our clientele um, and have almost 50 employees all on our own dime. Wow. Um, so we talk about bootstrap to the fullest. We, yeah. bull- we bootstrap this thing um, to the fullest extent possible. And, you know, I think that goes back to like those grassroots. So I think by Chad explaining that story, really kind of show you what type of people we are, one, and also what type of people we are to get what we want. And, you know, we, um, you know, now we're eight years into business, you know, we have not had the opportunity to build an Inc. 5000 company. And I think we might've won it again, um, or made that list again. <laughs> we're waiting to hear too. Yeah. So we're waiting here too. I just filled out this application. I mean, this oh, uh, yeah. survey before, <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, it's kind of awesome to sit here and, and say that, you know, over the last eight years I've had, we've had the opportunity to really work. Um, together alongside, like we play football alongside each other, but at the same time, also now build our own team um, as our own general managers and you know, and as our own head coaches. You know, we have uh, our other third business partner who's not on the podcast, LA. He's built, uh, too busy uh, actually managing some of our client uh, work. Um, you know, our, we always like to say we're like a nice little mixed salad dressing. You know, we're all separate, all different shapes and sizes, but you mix us together. You know, we make one hell of a dressing. Uh, but I think by <laughs> adding that, awesome. yeah, yeah, by adding that dynamic, it really has helped shape on on everything that we do. And I think our clients feel that, our our employees and our team feels that. And I think the the position we put ourselves in because of our grass, our, our roots, has really helped uh, shape the what we so are doing walk, now. Walk us through, walk the audience through, kind of the you know high level picture of what your company is doing. And you know, I know Josh introduced you in and gave a flavor of it, but what, what do you guys do? Who yeah. do you work with? What are you guys doing? Yeah, so we um, we're a full service digital marketing agency. That means that we either partner with a brand on helping enhance what they currently have with their internal infrastructure, meaning like uh, we help assist with building their client's website, maintaining a website, helping them rank on Google, all of their paid media spends on on the digital marketing, whether it might be on Google or Facebook or Instagram. Um, we also help in the email marketing creation. We have a creative services department, but we, we – uh, and another big division of our company is our performance marketing channel, which is where we encompass and manage brands, uh, affiliate channels, as well as, you know, influencer marketing and athlete marketing campaigns. Um, what we've done is that we've, our, our true, to be honest with you, our, our vision and our, I think our, our, the background and backbone of our company is we're a strong resource for any business. So we work with large and medium, medium sized companies. Um, we started out working with mom and pop pizzerias. And restaurants and bars to now we have the opportunity to work with some of the coolest brands in the world um we work with brands such as bodybum.com nice. menlo club uh cellucor was c4 if you guys are supplement guys you know best in the market we well, see my um, do you see my well, guns well, here or are they, are they, they popping yeah. no firearms <laughs> on the podcast he looked at me when he said supplements did you hear that no <laughs> yeah well, if you come to my office, I have like a vitamin shop. Yeah. So, uh, we have a lot of samples from there that, that seem to be missing lately. I'm, not, I'm wondering why everybody in the office is running around. But, uh, but yeah, we've season. had the opportunity to work with all shapes and sizes. You know, we're, we, um, we definitely tried to stay diverse because I feel like we always felt as if the more diverse we are with our clientele and not so much niche focused, 
Um, we're going to be more creative because, you know, in digital marketing, it's a lot of throwing shit at the wall, see what sticks. But yep. some things that work for one client might not work for the client, but also can work for another client. So we've had that opportunity to kind of, you know, over the years work with hundreds and you know thousands of different types of businesses. You know, but currently we have about 150 clients in our, nice. our um, in our entire organization. Uh, close, like I mentioned, close to 50 employees. Uh, but as well as we also work with about another 40 or so at professional athletes um, on helping and that's their the, brands. That's the affiliate side, or is that actually helping their uh, brand? That, yeah, the athlete and affiliate side. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, I want to jump into this idea of affiliate marketing and the digital marketing. I think you said something that actually is a golden nugget that I don't want people to miss, which is marketing. There's no magic formula. And this idea, it sounds crazy as a digital marketing agency to say digital marketing is kind of throwing things against the wall and seeing, you know, what sticks. Mm -hmm. But that actually is such a successful principle in running businesses. And we call it micro testing is basically you want to just constantly be testing things, watching it, seeing if it works. Like we're testing something on our online sign up. Josh shared with me today of trying to get people to sign up online for our product. Yeah. And you change just what you change from billing address to billing info information. Yeah. To see just if testing. that affects the, you know, the actual yeah. buying journey or the process because, you know, you're looking at other people's buying processes and you're seeing they're using that language versus billing address. But the point being is like, for those who are trying marketing, listening to this right now, this idea, don't be afraid to just micro test, to throw things at the wall and see what sticks. But the idea of th seeing what sticks is tracking, tracking everything you do and seeing the results that it's generating. And then, you know, I always call it, what is it? You want to take action, you want to track, and then you want to pivot. You want to pivot, you know, if some, what works today might not work tomorrow. What worked for one client might not work for the next client, but it's all this micro testing. So walk me through... You start this company, because I'm really curious. This is kind of a question selfishly for myself, so I apologize to the audience. But what is the what has been the hardest part for you in growing this business from just the two of you to 50 employees, and now you have a bunch of clients? I'm just curious, like, what has been the most challenging thing for you to get it to where the level it is today? The reason why I'm asking that is because you know, as an entrepreneur or kids that are looking to start in entrepreneurship, I shouldn't even say kids, anyone that's looking to start in entrepreneurship, I'm curious what you guys find the most challenging part that you would want to prepare someone for or give them advice on. Um, I would say the biggest, biggest things, I mean, it, it's scale, it's scaling and understanding your capacity. Um, knowing knowing what your bandwidth is and knowing that you don't want to teeter over that bandwidth and you also don't want to run teetering underneath that bandwidth. Mm. And I think that we've learned the hard way in a lot of instances because because we're so competitive, you know, we all we really did care about is that, you know, that big number, that gross revenue. Right. But everybody always tells you about that gross revenue is the number one thing, but it's really at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything if that bottom line is at zero. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's and a, that's I think a the biggest nugget. mistake, you know, yeah, it, 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 it is, and it's the truth. And it, it is. Really, I would say the hardest part to a business is knowing that scalability and if you can scale and also having that, making that decision that, hey, like, we might be just as profitable at $5 million that we are at 20. Mm. And no, it might be easier to run a company at $5 million than at 20 million because you're different, you're dealing with different headaches and you're making the same amount of money. 
You know, and I think that's kind of been on both sides, on the scalability, on, on you know, the financial implications of the company. We're, we're institutionally funded, which knock on wood is great. So we have a great working relationship. Shout out to M&T Bank. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but also we on the people side, you know, we, we started out, I mean, I always say this is the best, one of the best things that have happened in our company. We started out with all interns. So yeah. scaling them to employees has been one of the hardest things I think we've ever done. Yeah, that's um, one thing I would say is that just retaining employees and retaining high-level employees as, as a business because I think that's something that as you continue to grow, well, when you're when you're pitching clients, they don't want to necessarily pay more for the same service on the, on the next from 2012 to 2013, 2014 to 2015, so on and so forth. But at the same time, your staff members want to continue to make more money every single year. Yep. Yep. And kids now, and you know, individuals nowadays, they, they don't, they don't, oh, I'm going to be at a company for five years, 10 years. They look at it. All right. Yeah. I've been doing my job for six months. I want to raise. Dude, man, I have camaraderie with you. Why you get paid to do your job. <laughs> when you go above and beyond at your, at your particular job, that's when you, yeah. you know, get a bonus or a raise or so on and so forth. But I think that's also the hardest part in, in retaining employees and, and, and understanding what their expectations are, what motivates them, and and how to get that across. And I think over the last probably year and a half, we've implemented a lot of different um, value add. Yeah, a lot of different value added bonuses, like work from home on Wednesdays, lunch uh, two days a week, um, summer Fridays, every summer Friday, summer Fridays year round. Yep. And we've done that. I think to to help because at the same time we're in Pinebrook, New Jersey. We're not in Manhattan. Right. So we're and we're also twenty five minutes away from Manhattan. So you're also we are competing with New York City, which is the yeah. you know biggest city in the world. So right. it's something that um, that has been difficult, yet you find what you what you can and what your niche is. And I think by incorporating IRAs and incorporate you know, uh, that we're matching that and so on and so forth that you continue to bring value-added propositions to the table. We also incorporated TV Advantage, where we have about 75 current 75 businesses that have opted in to give our employees discounts That's from awesome. restaurants to clothing brands. That's awesome. Um, two yeah, all different two types of businesses. amazing points that you guys made in there. One is what should drive you is the net profit, not your ego. Call it gross revenue. Call it, if you're in real estate, the number of transactions yeah. you do. Like, what should drive you? And that is harder. It's easier said than done. Because yeah. I'm in the same boat you guys are. Like, you constantly want to push yourself, and you want to make 5000 again, which, you know, they do off of revenue. And you want to, you know, hit the accolades or constantly tell yourself that you're growing. But at the end of the day, it's all about the bottom line. And if you function your business from that type of mindset – you're going to have a lot more of a successful business. Second thing is when it comes to scaling people, understanding someone's internal motivation or what makes them tick in the end is the most important thing because what I have found over the years of you know doing this and scaling people is that you're never going to please everybody. What's most important is to make sure you understand where that person wants to be in their personal life and being very real with them if you can help them get there. Like when I sit down with employees, I think, you know, we'd have to interview our employees to make sure they, they agree with this, but I think they would agree with this, that if I can't get them what they want, I won't sugarcoat it to them. I won't try to manipulate it. I'll tell them, hey, I don't have that here. 
But right. let me let me help you get to a place where that hat, because if that's where your dream is, if that's where you want to be. I want to help you get there and uh, really functioning in a very raw, direct capacity of just saying, where do you want to be in your life? Here's where Reminder Media is going. And, you know, hopefully where you want to be also pushes Reminder Media to where it wants to be. And then you have a great relationship. So understanding people's internal why is extremely valuable when growing a team. And so many managers fail to do that. They Mm -hmm. focus on performance only and they don't correlate performance or tie performance into an external why. And it's really, really critical in in scaling people. So I love those two points. All right. So let's get into some tangible, let's transition here. Let's get into some tangible marketing tips because you guys run a digital marketing agency. (laughs) So let's give some tangible marketing tips for, you know, our audience. And, you know, digital marketing is really, really broad, right? So there's a ton of different avenues for digital marketing. But I'd be curious to hear you guys' opinion of, let's take a real estate agent, for instance. If a real estate agent came to you today and said, hey, I need help with digital marketing, what are some of the things you would immediately go to? What would you look at? It's almost like you're consulting right now on this podcast, but what would you look at and break down for us how you would start thinking through a real estate agent's business and what you would want to kind of set in place and go after? And, and think of it in terms of make up the budget if you're, if you're wondering what the budget is and stuff like that. It's but I'm just curious. Yeah, $400. <laughs> I'm just curious what, what you guys would do for a real estate agent, because then I want to dive in a little deeper into some of the tactics of implementing that. I would say the first thing I would say is that don't get into real estate nowadays if you don't like social media. Yep. <laughs> um, like Seriously, I mean, your biggest asset is going to be you. Your biggest tool is going to be that person. Um, I think that you're seeing a huge factor in play. And actually, had a, ironically, I had a conversation with an older um, gray-haired real estate agent compared to somebody that or you know, a couple of our friends that know are in the game right now, and they they the older generation is looking to hire like companies like ourselves, where like the younger generation is actually taking on as like becoming their own brand and that in that component. Um, I, the best tip I would ever say I wouldn't get into it if you're not comfortable with social media, and the best tip is going to be that. And then the utilization of how to, you know, post a picture on Instagram, how to properly tag a picture on Instagram, the basic stuff. Um, there's not going to be a company or a thing that's going to make, you know, make or break you as a personal real estate agent. When it comes to like, you know, more of the corporate side, it's a different story, you know, but if they were going to consult with us or ask to come to regardless of the budget, I mean, my, the first preference, first thing of like, I would tell them is like, this is all you, like you're gonna have, that you have to do, this is a personal thing. You're selling somebody's home right now. There's no company, I mean, unless you get to those people that are, you know, the million dollar listings and they have a hundred different types of listings and right. the third, but if you're a local real estate agent, you know, it, it, it's, you're, you're more powerful than anything else. You just have to be active. You know, you have to be active and you have to be, yeah, and, and that's really what it is. I actually couldn't agree more. Grant Cardone, I, I've shared this often on the podcast. They asked him one time, I don't know if you guys know Grant Cardone or not, but he's a big time yeah. sales guy, you know, and he's in real estate. But they asked him, what would you do if you became a real estate agent today? And his answer was very, very similar to yours. It's, he said, I would become an overnight celebrity in my hometown. 
I'd go to every radio station. I'd go to every event. I would go knock on doors. I would do every interview possible because he's driving home the same point you're driving home, which is you are the secret sauce. Your brand is the secret sauce. And you're building, basically getting people to know you because you don't have to be the best agent. You don't actually have to have the best product. You just have to be the most known. Regardless of what your business is, you know that building your brand is crucial, but it's also not easy, and good information about how to do it can be tough to find. That's why we put together an ebook called The Relationship Marketer's Guide to Branding, which lays out a step by step process for creating a strong brand at a fraction of what bigger advertisers spend. Best of all, you can download it right now for free. Just go to remindermedia.com slash branding. That's remindermedia.com slash branding. Take action on this today. So I'm curious, how, yep. how do you guys tell the story digitally? Like, what does that look like for you as you're, you know, walking through with somebody? You know, do you go, go through a process of you look at their website, you look at their social media, you talk about pay-per-click? Like, what does that process look like? So if I'm a real estate agent listening to this right now, okay, now I know it's all about me. What now what? Yeah. What do I do? Yeah, first first step is creating the plan and strategy and understanding that on a daily basis, yeah, there's going to be content that needs to be distributed on these platforms um, and putting out a strategy on how you on how to get it done because it doesn't happen, oh well now it's Monday, I gotta figure out what I'm posting Monday. You already know what you post you already know what you're posting Monday two weeks from now. Mm. And you're planning that out because I think that's so important. And you have to understand that with Social nowadays, it's not about uh, it's a picture here and there. No, people want to hear from you. They want to hear exactly your thoughts on the market. They want to know what's going on in terms of um, in that particular town, that industry. So I think, and when you're looking at content distribution on the social media platforms, you're looking at, okay, pre-production. Like say even you're talking about a podcast or if I'm a real estate agent, why wouldn't I have my own podcast? because it's, it's a way for me to tell my brand and, and tell my thoughts and feelings on the market and what I'm doing on a, on a weekly basis, monthly basis, whatever it may be on how they can scale it. But it goes back to you know being able to scale the content and putting it out there. So the pre-production and the planning strategy to the actual production, then post-production and the editing and how that's gonna work, and then the distribution. And I think that's really where you have to make sure it's all set up properly and even if it's just on your iPhone, and uh, we could, you know, tell all the listeners out there, it doesn't matter if it's on your iPhone or on, uh, you know, a high definition camera, you got to get the content out there. And I think that's what sometimes people think it needs to have this perfect background, this perfect setting. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, we don't, we, you know, we're sitting here at a podcast in my office with a couple of jerseys hanging, <laughs> hanging from the wall and not even <laughs> There's in the a, Ray uh, Lewis jersey behind you. Picture. Bootstrapping, bootstrapping, <laughs> and, and and really just going fast and breaking shit. Like that's literally. Dude, like, we hashtag that. Go fast, break shit. That's a great hashtag. That that's that's really what it is. Fail fast. Road to success paved with yeah, failure. So it would be really cliche yeah. now. Yes. <laughs> Eight years we failed. We, we tried so many different things and failed so many times. Millions of dollars. We well, spent millions of dollars. What's interesting is I, I did a coaching call with an agent the other day named Cynthia. So, Cynthia, if you listen to this, shout out to her. But what was interesting is I started asking her when I do coaching calls, it's more of the first is like discovering what is this person already doing? Yeah. What is this person already wanting to accomplish from a goal standpoint? Like, where's their mind? 
hearing her self-proclaim what she's already done it was amazing it was like yeah. oh my gosh you have it like you have your goal you know exactly she was like i committed to making 10 calls a day and doing xyz and when it got down to it the only issue was action action doing it, it literally was i know what you, i have to yes, do yes exactly I haven't, I haven't it was literally the action and so what i like about the tip that you were saying is this idea of what's your plan and then you take it to Commit to your plan. If you take nothing else away from this podcast, commit to the plan that you put on paper. And if you make a commitment, keep that commitment. And I think that's what made you guys great as entrepreneurs is this athletic background that it it's this intensity that we will win. It's the it's the Cortez mentality. We're gonna burn the ships behind us. And it's all or nothing. It's either we're going to win or we're going to die. But that's where most people fail. So, okay, let's just real quickly touch on affiliate marketing because we've mentioned it a couple times. And I want people to understand what it is. So can you guys break down for the audience? What is affiliate marketing? What does it look like? All right. Affiliate marketing is the best way to describe it to your online sales team. That's that's like your it's 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 getting the best people of what they do selling your crap for you, <laughs> um, and and the beauty part about it it's I mean it's literally the most simplistic way I can really say it. Your online sales team, like if you have a really great product, they have the opportunity they they can really sell your product because of their niche or their expertise. Um, you know the way we go about affiliate marketing is really it's a little bit different. So we we got affiliate marketing is probably the most recent. Um, service offering that we provide here at today's business and why we got into it because we saw there was an opportunity to like really bring back like the relationship portion of affiliate marketing because you know about 10 years ago or even probably five six years ago uh affiliate marketing was kind of had like a sour taste in everybody's mouth right um it really so you had a lot of fraud you had a lot of because people just charge back. All. Yeah, you didn't have you didn't have anything like that was uh, made it valid to you know make it as like a, you know it's, it wasn't SEO. You know, affiliate marketing was like this redheaded stepchild, mm. and for us, that you know, we saw the need was that hey, like we married the two worlds similar to you know how we bring about our everyday on our service offerings. Like Chaz mentioned before, you know, we bring a lot of value to our employees. That's our number one goal and one of our biggest missions. Now we've been bringing value since day one to our clients in so many different ways. So we felt as if there was a true opportunity to people who experienced affiliate marketing, if they we brought value to them and added and really made it into like a relationship driven business, you know, we were gonna be successful with that. And and since then, you know, we I would say like we changed a lot of the I call it, we changed the game in a lot of perspectives on how mm-hmm. we gone about certain ways um of going about it but you know affiliate marketing is one of the most cost effective ways in marketing because it's it's performance driven so you have the you have the opportunity to pay people based on how they perform rather than you know a simple you know five thousand dollar monthly retainer right uh people work on percentage of sales work on some sort of ticket some sort of percentage of that ticket item um no matter what it is and, and there's different scales so i think that's one of the most advantageous things to affiliate marketing, but it's also a vertical that's not meant for everybody. Um, a lot of people love, of course, you know, especially in digital marketing, everybody would love to pay out performance, but sometimes, you know, it just doesn't work out that way. Right. But, um, you know, affiliate, affiliate marketing has been nothing but, you know, it's a crazy experience for us. Uh, it's a, you know, a risky business for us to be in. Um, but at the same time, it's been one of the most fulfilling businesses because it kind of, it really is the only vertical that we have that you really can control your own destiny. Yeah. It's like really, 
you can you can really take your athlete mentality to affiliate marketing because there's no cap on like if I sell more stuff, the clients are still gonna want they want to pay us. More. So right. like you know it's uh like if we take our athlete mentality and go balls to the wall and you know it's something that you know it's been really successful for us. Yeah, and to to just add on what Tom was saying there, it really comes on to having the right product and the right profit margin. If you have no brand awareness and you you know there's Affiliate marketing is not going to do anything for you. It's not going to make your business. But if you have a $10 million business, great profit margins, and you're also, you know, in the, you know, San Francisco, um, San Francisco 49er Stadium and having brand awareness there, like that, that's what you need. Gotcha. And I think if you find the right businesses that want to be able to scale their product, scale their product, that's where now, do you guys comes into play and where we can really grow. Do you guys and give they them know what their cost per acquisition is? Do you guys give them? This. No, you're good. Uh, do you guys give them? A, like, do you go find the affiliates for these companies? Like, do you find the? Okay, yeah, yeah, so that be, makes sense. You guys oh, wow. have like okay. a network yeah, where you okay. Process. Nice. We we manage the process and the program for them. They come to us and they're like, all right, this is the this is the offer. Or we go to them and tell them this is the offer because that's what we need to go out there to be able to sell to our sub affiliates, the publishers, and be able to get those individuals to pick up the offer and want to push the offer and want to have enough incentive for them to say, wow, like, I think I could sell this to my sub affiliates and, and my subscribers that I'm giving them a compelling, um, we're, a, a compelling offer that they can make money with. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not a traffic source. Um, we are the full management source. Okay. So we manage every the entire program A through Z. Another component of what we do is that we also we also like partner with our program. So like our affiliate program and how we manage it is, is solely based on performance. So just like if people were to go sign up for an affiliate network and pay out affiliates on a performance metric, today's business gets paid on a performance metric. We don't charge a retainer. Yep. We make zero dollars for you, we get paid zero dollars. Um, but we also don't want to cap on how much money we can make. So um, that's been a very, uh, very competitive thing in a world that has gone fast. You know, like the affiliate market and has been to all technology driven. That's why, hence, we want to bring the relationship back to affiliate marketing. Gotcha. And I think, I mean, and one other thing too, it doesn't matter if it's a if it's a mobile uh, mobile app, and we could drive downloads to mobile app because we've done that. And or it be a B two B client like Lender and driving leads, um, and drive or, or driving strictly uh, subscriptions to uh, one of our clients is Menlo Club and driving. They have a sixty dollar a month membership for clothes every single month. So even driving there's new subscribers to their um, through their online their online e commerce business. So there's all different types of affiliate marketing. There's all different types of offers that we work with from straight CPA. And a straight dollar amount to rev share, to um, to a cost per lead. What I love so it about, really depends. I was going to say what I love about affiliate marketing is the ability to scale your brand so much quicker 
because you have so many influencers, as I call it, like people who tend to do affiliate marketing, obviously are hustlers, they're, they're influencers, they have a they database of people that they try to sell things to. And it's just such a faster way to scale your brand. And if you know, a lot of times I know bigger companies like we've uh, played around with affiliate marketing before for even our product. I know like if I'm thinking like at the local level for like a real estate agent or an insurance agent, what you really should be thinking through in your mind is you can create an affiliate market in your community. It's going to look a little bit different, but think about it this way. What do you give people that bring you a referral? Do you give them a $250 Visa gift card when they bring you a referral that closes? I mean, that in concept is the affiliate program, right? And it's you're training the people in your local community and especially the influencers. Think of the people, like I use my father, he's a pastor, right? These are the connectors. Yeah, it's connectors. It's influencers in the community. And you're just, you want to build a network of people that are referring you, that are bringing people to you. And, you know, you don't have to have all of the, you know, you know, websites and stuff like that to make this concept of affiliate marketing work at the local small business level. So we're going to have to wrap up here, guys. But I want to ask you a question. You know, we ask this to pretty much everybody who comes on. And I'm always curious to hear people's answers. So don't don't cry. We're going to go really way back and get deep. (laughs) Knowing what you guys know now, what would you go back and tell younger Chaz and younger Tom? What would you tell those kids? What advice would you give them? I think they're shedding a tear. Sell ourselves? <laughs> no, no, no. What would you tell? Not sell. What advice would what, you give? What advice? Oh, oh, sorry. Well, yeah, what would you sell yourself to? <laughs> what would you tell? What would advice would you give? <laughs> um, hmm. The only advice I would give would be it's I mean I we're just I mean personally I was just so naive about business and so naive about like this business that we went in like pretty much blind and we're like all right we're gonna do this and why couldn't we do this and there's no there's no questioning anything um and we'd always just figure out different ways and obviously we made a lot of mistakes over the years and we've been able to <laughs> to 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 recoup our um, our efforts and to continue moving through it. The only thing I would tell myself is it's just it's going to be hard and it's not going to be easy. Just continue to to be positive. And I think that was something that we kind of knew. So I don't know about what. <laughs> what <I would> <laughs> That's <myself>. awesome. <laughs> but that is actually great advice. It's great advice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I can go like I could probably tell myself about. 50 different technical things I would probably do and definitely pay attention in accounting class in college. Um, (laughs) I agree with that. We have so much camaraderie. Everybody who listens to our podcast knows I've been stuck in accounting (laughs) because we lost our VP of finance, but we hired someone new. Yeah. I I really wish I paid my pay attention a lot more on like the P like P and L and that side of the business, you know, but I would say this, I would be um, more adaptive to people. Mm. You know, I think um, like you, it's, like when you come from a background like myself and the way Chaz and I, we grew up, like we grew up, like everybody has been like, we have a big family. It's like, we're, listen, we're North Jersey Italian guys. All right. So, like, so, but, um, grew up in a pizza, grew up in a pizza, our first office, real office above my family's restaurant. But, um, well, that made me a little hungry. I right go back and tell myself like, yeah, you have to like, 
you have to kind of be even playing field and you have to understand people um, and how they operate, similar to what you said before, what drives them. And they don't all, everybody doesn't tick like you. And I think that was very hard for me to adapt. And I started to see myself go from like truly a salesman to a CEO when I started to do that. And if I could go back, and I think all of us mm. probably would say that we have probably one or two different things that we would change directly. But I would say for myself personally would be understanding of people on all angles. And like Chaz mentioned, being naive, like we just didn't give a shit about what anybody else thought we were going to do it. And that even went towards like even on an employee side. Mm-hmm. And now when you're trying to really build a strong team, you look at why people like it always goes back to athletics, why the most successful teams the way they are because they all have a strong core and, mm. and, a, and a strong leadership. Yeah. So um, I would definitely say be more adaptive to people. That's awesome. Yeah, well, that's thank you guys advice. so much for being here, Tom and Chaz. Before we close, let everybody know where they can learn more about today's business and where they connect with you guys. Uh, they can connect with today's business at tbsmo.com at today's underscore business on Instagram. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Chaz Servino. And you can connect with Tom at Tom Otiano and check us out on LinkedIn and on Instagram. That's our, probably our two main platforms right now that we're, uh, that we're really pushing. So definitely nice. connect with us. Nice. And so we'll get all of those handles and all those websites in the show notes here. If you're listening uh, on a mobile device or your, your, your iPhone, just swipe up. You can get all the show notes or you can go to staypaidpodcast.com and find the show notes there. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you heard Thank today. You guys. Yeah. And if you like what we heard today on Stay Paid, go on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. Make sure to leave a comment. You can also find this podcast in video on youtube.com slash remindermedia or staypaidpodcast.com. Please make sure to tell someone else about the podcast today. It really helps us spread the word. And you can follow Stay Paid Podcast on Instagram at Stay Paid Podcast. And, of course, you can check out Reminder Media on all social media. We are at Reminder Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acrean. I'm going to give you this action item. I think there's two action items that come out two. of this. Two. You get two today. Two action items. So take note Man. of this. One is you got to know your story to be able to do digital marketing correctly. So what is your value proposition that you're putting out to the world? And I love the advice of within real estate, and I think it's the same almost in every service-based sales industry, real estate, insurance, finance. You're really, you're selling yourself. What is the value proposition that you bring to the table? What's the unique story that you can then share digitally across social, web, all those good platforms? Mm. Figure that out. But here's the better action item. The better one? You saved the best for last? I saved the best for last. Do shit, break things. (laughs) Do shit, break things. If you take nothing else away from today's (laughs) podcast, get off your ass and and break things hashtag that guys remember the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in any business is top producers take action so take action on that today